Hello everyone, I'm Ismail Pais Civico and I wish you a very warm welcome to a new episode of the Civic Podcast. Now, as you can guess from the title, we will most certainly be speaking about the United States elections and everything that has been happening in the past week, past month, or past few months, um, as a matter of fact, and also all the claims that have been made and with the new president and vice president-elect and of course with Donald Trump. Mm, I think it's very important to speak about this even in Europe because the US being a country, well, being the country that it is and one of the biggest powerhouses in the world, if not the biggest right now, and also with everything that's happening in the US and how it's affecting Europe. I've spoken about this previously where all the social justice movements and everything to do with identity politics does have a core and a stronghold in the US and that gets in some way translated into Europe in a way it shouldn't or in some ways it should. And I do think that the elections affect the whole world and I do think everyone is realizing that now. That's why there's been so much uproar also in Europe um, or let's say, well, now happiness because Joe Biden and Kamala, Kamala Harris got uh, got elected. I'm not entirely sure if you say Kamala or Kamala. Uh, never mind, doesn't, doesn't really matter. But in any case, uh, those are, of course, you might know by now, the two new president and vice president uh, elect of the United States. They took over Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, uh, Pennsylvania, um, which was the main state actually. And of course, as you have probably seen already, there have been there has been a lot of claims of, uh, of voter fraud. And we will get into that a bit later on. Um, and then of course, Trump making all of his, let's say, Twitter shenanigans again, claiming that he's still the winner, that they will go through court, they will do all the necessary investigations to see how those elections were rigged and how would would have that changed, let's say, the the overall outcome, and if Trump would have been indeed the president-elect for a second term. I honestly thought that Trump was going to win, uh, with a lot of people too, even in the US, so that's why it is kind of a shock, and that's maybe why people are really asking themselves the question if the elections were rigged. There has been some cases of, well, some proven cases that there has been voter fraud in some areas. Uh, it has always been like this in the US in any case, there's always been some sort of voter fraud one way or another. Uh, what isn't entirely clear to me is to what extent could have that potential voter fraud change the whole outcome of the United States elections for a country as big as the United States and with an electoral system, or in any case, uh, on a state level, being so carefully checked in a way, because then, of course, there are professionals that that do that are in charge of the polls and of the votings and, and all of that. So it's, it's not really clear to me if that was the real reason why Donald Trump lost. It is a possibility. I'm not disregarding anything and I, and, and I won't take it off the table just now. Um, it is a possibility. I personally do not think that's the reason why he lost. But if there has been some sort of voter fraud, I'm pretty sure Trump would do anything he can, everything in his power to, uh, to check that and see well, I think we'll have to wait for the next few months uh, to go past and see a bit what he's going to do. And if you know Trump a minimum or if you've been following him a little bit, you know he's not going to back down. Um, he's going to keep fighting for what he thinks, uh, or in any case, false claims. Well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if they're false or not, because honestly, you don't really know what to believe nowadays on media. But there, there, have, there has been, even uh, by the AP in the US, there has been some some records of, of voter fraud. 
What's not clear to me, again, is to what extent might that voter fraud would have changed the outcome of the elections, which I don't think they would have, honestly. Uh, there, have, there have been so many votes, and with historical numbers also reaching votes for the Democratic Party, uh, which, honestly, congratulations to Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris for, for achieving that and for a really, well, well for a really good campaign. What bugs me a bit that their campaign was mostly like, to, to put it simply, is don't don't vote for us because we're representing these kind of ideas, but vote for us because on the other side you have Trump, uh, Donald Trump. So it was a bit like a demonization of the opposition, let's say, in order to get those votes. And I think maybe that's probably the reason why the Democratic Party has gained so many votes. It's because Trump has been demonized in so many ways uh, throughout the past four years that indeed that allowed the Democratic Party, let's say, uh, to get all the votes of the people that really did not did not know where to go, or maybe Republicans that do not feel the space and or they don't feel represented anymore by the Republican Party just by the simple fact that there is Trump as a candidate, right? And I think that's happened as much at the Democrat side and the Republicans, but for all these that were kind of doubting where, where to go to or which side to to vote. I think they mainly did go to Joe Biden because uh, everything considered, Joe Biden is like the more moderate Democrat there is, and that's why I actually do like him in a sense, even though he does have a lot of flaws, certainly not as many as Trump, but um, I think maybe Joe Biden might be the one to unify the country in a way. That's not to say I do not like him, and specifically, uh, excuse me for that, and specifically uh, Kamala Harris, uh, because they have been playing a game which I, I, I don't really like specifically throughout the campaign, uh, but and all the theatrics going around in politics, but we can get into that in just a second. Now, what's funny with with Biden and uh, and Kamala is that they both have quite a dark past, right? In a sense, I mean Kamala. So I've been checking this, and Kamala didn't really call Joe Biden a racist in a way, but she was criticizing the fact that he was looking up too much to some senators in the past that did create their wealth and reputation, let's say, in politics through racial segregation at that time. So there was some criticism with with Biden's past. There's also a lot of criticism with with Harris past in the terms on uh, in terms of war on drugs when she was Attorney General and that she has locked up so many uh, African-Americans, or she has put them behind bars for minor drug offences, and she was a big, let's say, uh, anti-legalization of absolutely everything, and she did have a, ro a big role to play for so many African-Americans that are now locked up, or that have been locked up in the past. So, in a way, we can see that they've both changed their, their way of thinking in some ways. I mean, I like something that, that Biden said that they really want to decriminalize everything that's going around drug consumption because I do not think drug consumption should be something that is criminalized per se. Um, I don't think anyone should go to jail by just by consuming something. Now, of course, if they commit a crime while being under the influence, that's something else. But just by a simple fact of consuming uh, a drug, whatever the drug, whatever drug it may be, I do, I do not think that's that's something to go to jail for. Um, or receive a penalty in any case, in that way. So honestly, on in that regard, they have been changing their their vision. Let's say specifically Kamala. I think you've probably seen also the interview she had uh, with the, with the Breakfast Club, where, and I think this was really really bad from her side. That was a really bold move, and she should not have done that. Just to appeal more to one side 
to one specific part of the American population where she was basically joking of having consumed marijuana. And uh, of course, I'm, and she was like, oh, I've, I mean, of course I've consumed marijuana. I'm Jamaican. Half my family's Jamaican. Uh, and then that's pretty much mocking all the people she locked up for consuming marijuana itself. So that was of really bad taste uh, from her in the past. But then, of course, I mean, politicians say stupid things uh, all throughout their careers. And while we have no shortage of them, especially on the Trump side, right? And then we'll get into that in a second. But Kamala does have a kind of dodgy past in a sense. And I'm not entirely sure how, from one way to another, if she actually did uh, change her mind regarding some things. Now, Biden, of course, and then we, we could see also through the theatrics that went in the primaries and throughout the, and throughout the Democratic debates, that everyone, everyone's just bashing everyone uh, regarding their past, regarding their present, what their idea was of a, uh, of a new United States, let's say a post-Trump United States, how they wanted to make the necessary changes in order to be more equal, let's say, or prosperous and with more with a high level of human dignity that's uh, going uh, all around the country. Um, and they were at odds on a lot of things. Now, of course, at the end, it is going to be Biden taking the decisions, but there's also some things that with regarding Biden's health, we're not entirely sure to, to what point might that health be, let's say, affected when he gets into office. His doctor has said numerous times that he's in perfect health. I'm willing to believe that. But then if you see a bit some videos of Biden or some places where he has appeared, you can see he's not in his in all of his faculties, let's say, and he's not in perfect condition to take a a position as as president of the United States. Whereas Trump is only like three, four years younger than him, but he is let's say in in, in better condition uh in terms of health. So I really do like the idea of, of, of Biden taking office in a way, um, even though there are some things I, I criticize a lot on his side, specifically his silence that has been permanent all throughout the riots and not condemning, let's say, these movements, and at the same time being very much silent on the whole of entity politics. Not as much as silent because he is someone that, that still keeps speaking about systemic racism in a way and... I think that's the only thing Trump has going for him or had going for him in a way that he was the only one opposing the identity politics, right? And and that's the only, let's say, um, positive aspect I give to Trump. All the rest, I think that Trump has no human virtues that a human in politics, let's say, or, well, a president, by, as a matter of fact, possesses all right i don't see him as someone that's kind i don't see him as someone that's compassionate i don't see him as someone that is generous um so that's why it's really difficult for me or in any case for anyone that when when they saw that he got elected in 2016 we were just completely shocked but then again in 2016 like i said the democrats did not really win uh well sorry the democrats lost the Rep um the republicans didn't really win in that regard here is a bit different. The Democrats won by, by, by large amounts and specifically in states which we never expected them to win. Uh, so Trump in that regard, I don't think anyone wanted to see him as a president at the time. But I think we can acknowledge that everything he did was not bad, right? He did get the Democrats' confirmation on a lot of, let's say, 
policies that he has been implementing throughout the years, he was able to find peace in the Middle East. He was able to find a, uh, a peace treaty with North Korea, um, even though he spoke a lot. Like, for example, if you take in comparison Obama and Trump in regarding war or international relations in that regard, Obama was more on the peace and love side and Trump was more, let's just nuke everything and blow shit up. Uh, it did not turn out to be that way. Obama was mainly the one looking for the wars in the Middle East or in any case, the one activating that, that let's say, that military power in those areas. And Trump was the one deactivating those military powers. So we do need to make a distinction of what politicians say and what they do. Trump, in comparison to previous politicians, like we could say Obama or Biden or Harris, these people that are really coming up lately, they are professional politicians in a way. So they know how to speak, they know how to address a country, they know how to address a crowd, they know what to say, when to say it. In, in that case, Trump has never been that way. Trump has no filter whatsoever. He just speaks everything and the way it, he, he does not think twice of about what he's thinking or what he says. Sorry, uh, so he, he does not think twice uh, about what he says, uh, let's say. So he, I do think he thinks a lot, but we cannot say that Trump is stupid. I really don't think he's stupid. If he, if he were stupid, I do not think he would have achieved or got to the position of President of the United States. I think he's just playing a theatrical role uh, with that position, let's say, something that the American people, the Republicans, did want to see. So something, so somebody that is does what he says, that is completely opposed to this woke movement, to this identity politics that's happening a lot on the left and how the left is being corrupt. And that's why I do actually like the Biden nomination in a way, because I do think he was someone that could counterbalance uh, these this opposition in a sense. So the opposition itself inside the Democratic Party and at the same time the opposition between the left and the right in the United States, where Trump has been indeed feeding this this opposition between both sides in, in many ways. And Biden throughout the campaign, he was trying to unify the country. If you saw his opening speech as first or oh, as president elect, 46 uh, president-elect, he did make a really good point that he was the president for the whole of the United States, for all of the citizens in the US. And he did. So, of course, that's what you would expect, right? That a president does address the uh, whole of the nation. I don't think Trump would have done it that way. So Biden did send a good, let's say, a hopeful message towards the, the Republican voters saying, I understand how you feel. So honestly, I think his, his speech was a, was a really good one. Um, you didn't see many, the, let's say, discrepancies in, in what he was saying and how, and how he was saying it. Um, so I think it's really, it really is a good start for his term. Well, for his potential term. We don't know yet how it's going to, how it's going to everything. Well, let's say all the litigations, uh, that are going to go, how those are going to get disentangled, let's say, and what's going to be the final ruling from the Supreme Court, which it is a risk, let's say, and I'm, I'm not necessarily too happy about it because Trump was indeed one that appointed three justices in that Supreme Court. So uh, it's, it's a dodgy subject, but at the same time, if there has been some voter fraud or anything that is not entirely clear for the overall population, and there have been there has been some mathematicians that have said just by pure statistics and probability, it is very improbable that 
that many votes went to one single candidate in such a short time span, right? It was like, it could be a coincidence, but from what I've seen from the, uh, from the mathematical equations and the studies that have been made, it's around one chance in 52,000. Let's say, so that's 0.00001% chance that those numbers haven't, were indeed to shift towards Joe Biden's side, even taking into account the mail-in voters that they were predominantly Democrat voters, right? So I've been trying to check in as much information as I could regarding that and what were the probabilities of, of each outcome. Uh, the numbers do not, simply do not add up. So some investigation does has, has to be made in that regard. I do think anyone with a minimum of a cent with the minimum sense of democracy, let's say, would want that um, to be done, right? Uh, nevertheless, I am still happy that that Biden won, or allegedly won. We will see, of course, how how that will turn out. Um, so continuing with Trump. Trump, like I said, I don't think of him being a stupid person, per se. You, you can't get to a position as the, the United States as being as being the president of the United States, being stupid. Uh, he had a really good strategy in 2016. I think he had a fairly good one now. One of the main issues maybe he lost was probably because of coronavirus, uh, because maybe in some... Well, regarding the, the, the riots that have been happening uh, since George Floyd's murder, he wasn't able to do much either in uh, on a state level because of, uh, of state competences and policing. So I don't think that was maybe the reason why a lot of voters did turn up for for Biden. Probably the reason was because some some so many people completely detest Trump to a point that they would want anything but Trump. Uh, I include myself in that group of people. Nevertheless, Trump did really good on tackling systemic racism and 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 all of that. And which specifically the, the Joe Biden's point of view, I, I really don't think he actually. He actually believes all of that, uh, specifically in systemic racism, um, or even the all the social rights movement and, and justice movements that have been going on in the U.S. But he did appoint uh, Kamala Harris as his VP, and I think that was a complete strategy to get into the identity politics game because he did say, of course, he appointed her because uh, she was black, because she was a woman. That's not to say she does not have a CV big enough to actually do. Uh, be in that position. I do think she's she's more than prepared to to be the vice president of the United States of America, but it's more the reasons why she was appointed by Biden by by Biden himself. I mean, and for them it made sense, of course. And um, people saying that Kamala Harris broke the glass ceiling, right? Especially people in Europe when they say Kamala Harris broke the black ceiling. Oh, uh, the black ceiling. Sorry, uh, the glass ceiling. Uh, by becoming the vice president. And then, of course, we keep forgetting Margaret Thatcher, Theresa May, Priti Patel, uh, the prime minister of Finland, that she's also a woman, the prime minister of New Zealand's also a woman, Angela Merkel, that's been there for more than 10 years. Uh, I don't know how long she's been there. Eight, maybe? I'm not entirely sure, but she's been there forever, right? So I can get it if that's something that really does, let's say, turn on the Democratic voters in the US, having a a woman vice president and being the first woman and first black woman uh, in office, let's say, taking the vice presidency. But then, of course, Europeans need to look around a bit what's happening in Europe because these glass ceilings have been broken more than once. 
uh, and of course if women don't get to as high a point in let's say politics or in general societal uh, and economic structures in the world it's not the only main factor is not that they are women that that's not the reason why they do not get up there and there have been women that have gotten up there there are a lot of many other factors that come into play but i think we will get into uh, everything that's feminism and glass ceiling and everything that comes into equality and of course that comes into a video that uh, that kamala harris shared not too long ago i think it was a few days ago completely normalizing let's say equality of outcome right on on her twitter feed explaining what was equality of opportunity and equality of outcome where She's not as stupid to know that equality of outcome and equality of opportunity is not the same, is the same thing, right? She knows it's not the same thing. And she was completely normalizing the word equity, which equity, again, comes into equality of outcome and comes to uh, quotas, which is a really, really, really bad move for any single society. We've seen that more than once. We've seen that too many times. So I really do hope they will not take this route of the quotas which now, and that's one of the big, let's say, criticisms that I will bring to this new office uh, that will start the term in 2021, that I really do not hope that the United States as a country will start to play this anti-politics game and not get people based on their character or on their competence, but just merely based on their identity, which Joe Biden honestly did not make that clear oh, no, no actually he did made it clear enough that he was basically going to get people based on their identity that he wanted to make a diverse uh, office and a diverse administration um which later on I'm, I'm i'm really not sure how that will work i mean if there's diversity and the people are actually made for the positions then fine but we've seen all around europe that people just being appointed to high positions high decision making positions right just by the simple fact of having a certain identity uh, I can name a lot, uh, specifically in Spain, which I know pre I know very well the politics there, which it has it has happened more than once, and it's not working in any single way to any stretch of the imagination. So I really don't hope I, re I really do hope that the United States do not make that same mistake to start normalizing quality of outcome, uh, because that could be a very bad turning point for the whole not just of of the United States democracy, let's say, but um, the liberal state or Western liberalism that we are trying, let's say, to promote uh, in a way that we can get to a true equality of, uh, of opportunity and not focus so much on the equality of outcome, which is a complete utopistic disaster if that ever gets implemented at that high level in society or even at lower levels, but uh, just depending on the stratuses of, um, of that hierarchy, right? So that, that, that's something to really watch out for. That's something that we really must, well, be vigilant with this new, with this new administration that will be in power in 2021. Nevertheless, I do think that Biden, I hope that he will do a good job in reuniting the country. And at the same time, we keep having this fear mongering uh, from the right saying that the United States is going to become a socialist uh, like the USSR or whatever. I mean, no, Biden is Biden is pretty moderate in everything he says. I've said it in, 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 a, in a video previously, Biden, if he was in Europe, he would probably be a center-right candidate, right, in a sense. Um, what, what I do fear most is the next people in line inside the Democratic Party, namely people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Ilan Omar, or all these people that do form part of the squad 
of Bernie Sanders, let's say, dream team, which, uh, if you know a minimum Bernie Sanders, he's a upright communist, right? He's really straightforward with, with what he says. We can know a lot what kind of measures he wants to implement. Um, or if you don't want to call him communist, a really hardcore socialist, as much as Alexander Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar and, and this whole group in the Democratic Party, which will be the runner-ups. Because apart from apart from Joe Biden, I think, that has really been trying to stay moderate in the Democratic Party, these people next in line will not do the same things and they do not think in the same way as he does. Uh, like I said, if it was another country and didn't have this, bi this bipartisan, let's say, system in the United States, they would most certainly would have been in, in different political parties. So that's also a big issue with, uh, with the bipartisan, uh, let's say, structure of American politics, where there's so many discrepancies and opposition in parties themselves. Um, and the Republicans now is just basically Trump. Right, Republicans haven't really done much uh, in the US and they don't really do much. They have only gotten this big, let's say, I think because of Trump or thanks to Trump, depending which way you want to see that. Uh, but Trump is the one pioneer in the Republican movement, whereas in the Democratic Party is being completely shattered and divided in so many parts of what can be considered an American left, which that is a big well, it's a big problem because if one party doesn't really agree within itself, I don't know how you can get general consensus within that party or what the future of the Democratic Party will be. So in a sense, I am happy it is Joe Biden that takes that lead. And I do hope maybe he will try to put a little bit more sense inside the Democratic Party and unite a bit more the US. Because we keep speaking about the, the Republican-Democrat unifications, but unification, but there's also a big unification to do with the left. Uh, I think the right is quite unified in, in, in a sense. Uh, but the left, not so much. So really, let's look out for that and see a bit how these next four years in the Biden administration are going to untangle, let's say, or how all of these issues that the American society is facing are going to be untangled in the future. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I do think that Biden and Harris will do, a, again, a good job because the, the US hasn't really seen bad administrations as small countries in Europe have seen. Uh, I think the US generally have always done really well uh, in terms of economy, specifically. I mean, we're not talking about beginning 20th century and with everything that's the, all the social rights that were being completely disregarded and civil rights that were being disregarded at that time. I'm just speaking economically, the US have done, has done really well. So that the US is gonna become a socialist powerhouse, I, I really do not believe that, but, well, to any stretch of the imagination, honestly. Um, they're far from being socialist, and socialists, you don't really see it that much. Well, you, you, you've never seen it that much in the US, apart from Bernie Sanders. Oh, I, I keep smacking my microphone, moving around my hands and my pen and everything. I'm sorry for that. But um, but yes, but in, in that regard, it will never get to that point. I think there will be a really well counterbalance. And I'm not sure if the, if, if the Senate elections have finished, but in any case, if there is a a right balance between, uh, I, I really would like a balance between a Democratic administration and a Republican Senate. Uh, so that I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm actually just gonna check that real quick. Uh, yeah, so I'm not entirely sure regarding the Senate. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been called yet. 31, 35 races called. Uh, yeah, there are currently with the uh, 48 and 48 
on both sides. So we're not really sure what's happening on that side yet, but I do think that balance could be a good balance because then again, if the the administration does not have majority in 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 Congress in general, in both the House of Representatives and the Senate, his ability or their or its ability to let's say change key policies are severely restricted in a sense so i i do like this system in a way where it can bring a um let's say a certain kind of balance to the united states and to its politics and to its economy so of course we'll see how how that's going to get how that's going to evolve but i do think that generally uh, joe biden and, and kamala harris will do a good job uh with that or at least i hope so all of this saying that the U.S. is just going to go uh, right into uh, a Soviet Union kind of socialism, that is just completely not true. And anyone who believes that, excuse me, please see a bit what their actually key policies want to do. And one thing, I haven't really seen Joe Biden's plan in terms of, medic, uh, in, in terms of healthcare, but I really am someone that, as always said, I'm going to keep saying that United States needs a big reform in terms of of the healthcare system. Of course, I'm speaking as a European where we pretty much take healthcare for granted in, in most of the countries. Uh, but we know that in the US is a big issue. Uh, I mean, with prices of pharmaceuticals and prices of, of, of doctor consultations and being hospitalized and the insurances. And anyway, being a ha privatized healthcare, I'm not entirely convinced about that. Uh, but then, of course, there's been countries where that has worked perfectly well, like South Korea and Taiwan. But we can't really compare one country to another because some specific measures and policies that can work in one country cannot work in another because it has to be a, an overall counterbalance structure for in order for that to work. Right? We've seen that a lot in Spain, where people saying, "Oh, look at the northern countries that have a social, de a social democratic, let's say, economic structure." And then yes, and they're doing very well. Yes, okay, fair enough. But all the measures that were previously implemented in those countries has allowed it in order to get that kind of structure. So each country has their own necessities in depending on the historical moment they're in, their history, their past history, their current economic situation, the demographics, uh, the, the labor market, the working force that they have. There are so many factors and contingencies to take into place when you say one specific system will work and the other will not. In any case, the US will keep a liberal and economically liberal system and that's my dog scratching so again apologize for these uh, background noises um so yeah so the years will pretty much stay with a um uh with a economically liberal system in a way and i don't think we need to fear that for that so much what i do fear again is the identity politics game that will take a big step forward in the US because Kamala Harris has been speaking about systemic racism. So I really am looking forward to see how they're going to do that. Um, I doubt it's through reparations because even even they, they will know that reparations will not do much in terms of specific issues that the, that the black community is facing in that regard. But in any case, I am here to congratulate Kamala Harris and Biden also for, for, their, for their good campaign, that has to be said. If there has been fraud for it to be investigated and, see, and to see to what extent that might have changed the outcome of the elections and at the same time if if donald trump has indeed lost and all of these litigations turn up to nowhere and there's nothing that has, is actually going to be changed let's say and that joe biden is the legitimate winner and does have the claim to the presidency that donald trump will stop 
his shenanigans, let's say, and just leave the White House gracefully and that we do not really spark up any more violence in the US because we have seen even throughout the polling stations that there has been enormous, well, there have been enormous demonstrations everywhere. We could see, first of all, in Washington, D.C., just in case if the Republicans won, a lot of shops being putting up uh, barriers and, uh, well, basically protecting the shops just in case if the extreme left demonstrators and rioters were going to root, uh, uh, sorry, uh, riot and loot all of those places. And at the same time, we saw in Arizona where Trump supporters were just standing in front of a polling station saying, I just, I can't remember if it was stop the count or keep counting. Honestly, they don't even agree on when you have to stop counting and when you need to keep counting, but nevertheless. And then they were just standing there with their guns, keep spouting about their rights, their second amendment and their, uh, their, gun, and their guns and their rights to gun possession and uh, all of that nonsense, which me, of course, I'm completely and unequivocally Unequivocally, sorry, <laughs> unequivocally, uh, unequivocally against guns. Uh, so yes, I mean that's pretty much what's been happening in the U.S. I do hope that if Trump loses, he leaves gracefully and he does leave the space for Kamala Harris and Joe Biden to do their job as the next forty-six president of president-elect of the United States of America. And also, before I finish, in addition to all of that. Actually, this is the first time I ever cut a part of the podcast because then my dog went complete crazy. Um, And I did want to add something else uh, specifically. And that was regarding the changing demographics and the identity politics that the Democrats have been trying to keep, let's say, putting forward all throughout, well, the past four years and now specifically regarding the campaign. Uh, The demographics have completely changed in favor of Trump, right? if, if, If you've seen the numbers, every single minority that has voted for Trump has increased since 2016. LGBT, LGBTQI voters have increased, uh, I think, uh, on a threefold, like three times more voters LGBTQI than there was in 2016. It went from 8% to 28% or 27% or something like that. Uh, or nine, I can't remember, but an, a huge increase in, in those voters. Also regarding the Muslim community, also regarding the African-American community. Every single minority went up in voting for Trump. So that really needs to be checked out. And if we keep calling Trump a racist and this and that, you're basically calling half of the American population racist and bigots and transphobes and homophobes and all of this nonsense. Has Trump said a lot of stupid things? Yes, he has. has does Trump have a filter? No, he does not. Uh, is Trump a racist, a transphobe, a homophobe? I, do, I, I really do not think he is. So to keep demonizing an opposition like this, you can say a lot of things about Trump. There are a lot of things to criticize for that character specifically, but all all of this is not it. And that's something really to reconsider. And the, actually the only group that went down in voting for Trump were the white male, white American male voters, which is basically the antichrist to the whole of the woke left, right? Which is very funny at the same time because they won thanks to that majority if you will or that them or that specific demographic so if you keep demonizing that demonizing that group too i i do i really do not know i really do not know what's happening right now uh nobody expected this has really is something to look into what went wrong in the democratic party has the identity politics let's say argument or the arguments inside that kind of uh narrative or phenomenons have have gone completely wrong. Are people just tired of being told what they have to vote or who they have to vote for, just basically based on a on an identity trait that they had no say over, 
right? Something that I, I deeply criticized from the Democratic Party that they were basically saying, if you are black, you need to vote for the Democratic Party. And that's the only party you can vote for because if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a you're an Uncle Tom, you're a bounty, you're a coconut, and all these degrading terms and words that have been said towards black people that have showed, let's say, their support to Donald Trump. So all of this hypocrisy really needs to stop on both sides of the um, well of uh, of the political spectrum in the United States. And that really is something that the Democratic Party really needs to go into introspection and see a bit what they did wrong and why all of these demographics have completely changed. And these minorities have did start to vote for Trump. One of my potential hypotheses uh, or or an hypothesis is that I think maybe throughout the riots and the looting, a lot of the communities affected were communities predominantly inhabited by inhabited by uh, these minorities, right? Uh, so I do think that these people were highly affected when it came to the rioting and the looting that has been happening uh, for the past few months, or in any case, even the demonstrations or them having them them being told what to do, what to vote for, the way they should think. So I do think there has been a complete change inside in the in the general culture or way of thinking in these minorities and they are completely sick on being told who to vote for or what to vote for. So that really is something to look into. I do hope that Biden will find a a good balance between what are the real needs for these minorities and how to address them and not play this game of oppressor oppressed and demonizing the opposition just because they think differently from you. I really do hope that Biden will bring in that balance. The Republicans stop all of their shenanigans and do an investigation if that has to be done for in order really to democracy be respected. But if it is shown that they lose, that they shut up and they get in line and they help and they start building a new America with the Democrats and stop this division in the United States of America, which I think it really is affecting the whole world and not just the US. So I really do hope that for for there to be, let's say, a kind of ad advanced, let's say, you're looking forward for a better future uh, with this new administration. Uh, well, again, a, l a lot to be criticised. I can, I, can, I can criticize a lot of things regarding, well, in regards to Biden, Harris, and Trump, and Pence, of course. Well, I mean, I'm, I haven't even spoken about Pence because for me, he's completely irrelevant. Uh, but in any case, these three main political actors, there are a lot of things to criticize, but I think we can all acknowledge that the rightful president-elect should take office. And if it does turn out to be Joe Biden, that Trump leaves gracefully, that the Democrats and the Republicans finally get together again and stop this feud that has been boiling up for the past four years that really, really did explode this 2020 with all the different issues that have been going around, not just in the US, but all around the globe. So let's see a bit how all of this is going to untangle itself. And I think, honestly, I'm quite optimistic. Uh, I'm quite optimistic. But then again, we never know. Uh, so this is going to be a hell of a roller coaster in the next few months when Trump is, is going to take the, the, the legal route uh, and see a bit what's going to happen with that. In any case, for today, I think I will leave it here. Um, and of course, maybe I'll be following a bit the US elections and most probably speak about it a bit in the future. But for now, there's not much to say. I guess just wait and see what happens.
Well, I am Ismo Pai Civico. This was the Civic Podcast, and thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Have a nice evening.